to come into a God that transforms us to become the kind of person that can say, I have enough, I am enough, and God, you are more than enough. Friends, it's Morgan, and welcome back to another episode of the Become Good Soil podcast. I'm really excited to take you into this two-part series with my friend and ally, Jeff Zog, who runs Dad Awesome. He came to me first when Becoming a King was published and wanted to do a podcast. And as we sat down, I quickly realized he is among the like-hearted allies, a heart of my heart that wants to see the cause of fatherlessness ended in all the ends of the earth. His mission with their organization is to see globally every child with a man that they can call father. They organize awesome bike rides that support international missions and local missions in all sorts of communities. They have podcasts and, and all sorts of efforts in this uh, initiative to end fatherlessness around the globe. And so we sat down actually for a dad awesome podcast, but as we got into it, the spirit was really clear that this was a perfect sort of conversation to bring to the like-hearted allies in the Become Good Soil community. So we're about to dive into part one of a two-part series with Jeff Sog and Dad Awesome. Let's go. I join you. Uh, my heart breaks more than ever for the mission. Mm -hmm. It's like deeper and deeper. I've been using the pool of Bethesda analogy of all like the state of fatherhood and yep. the state of fatherlessness of these people. There's such hurt, such the the need oh, for it's healing. it's getting worse every day. Worse every day. And do you, do you know about Bethesda and what it actually, like the Greek, what it means? No, tell me more. So I just, just learned this uh, through the footnotes of the uh, Passion Translation there. Like the Greek is um, how, house of loving kindness is mm. the, like loving kindness, houses of loving kindness is Bethesda. That's the meaning. Mm. And I think that's God's heart. And I want so badly for that, for each dad listening, for your house, mm -hmm. for my house, for my friends, for my siblings. So the heartbreak and the heartache is like clearer than ever, but yet the slow and steady that we talked about two and a half years ago yes. when we chatted, I know your mission of even cautioning to start like, like, man, I care, I have caring concern that we go in the right direction and at the right pace that doesn't bring hurt to my family, to right. my four daughters, to my marriage. Well, level one doesn't bring hurt, but mm -hmm. right, the next level is how do you thrive, right? Those entrusted to your care, how, how are they well, and I think, you know, Jeff, one of the core ideas, like, I mean, this is a predominant idea, like blow your mind, stop everything. And there aren't lots of those, right? But uh, it came to me through a mentor, Vance, sitting at Saigon Cafe when I turned 30 years old, 16 years ago. And I, I mean, I can tell you what the place smelled like when he told me these words, super successful businessman, kingdom centered, loves God. And, uh, he's built a lot and blown up a lot. And he said, one of the great dangers that most men miss is they marry desire to fulfillment. Mm -hmm. They assume, and often Jeff, this is subconscious because it so plays to our DNA, our design mm -hmm. as men, they get a desire. Mm -hmm 
And then they run with it. Yeah. We run with it. I run with it. And we don't pause because we don't have the miles of knowing the consequence of it going bad. We don't pause to say, what's the timing on that? And even more, what Vance pointed out to me was desire is intended to be the fuel for doing the hard work, the brutal, slow process of becoming the kind of man that can fulfill that desire. And so I was out in the woods archery hunting uh, last week. That's why our communication That's was right. terrible leading into this. It's a good reason though. Yeah, it was good. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. There aren't many contexts that I fail most of the time. Hmm. Like even marriage, I feel like, you know, 50-50. Yep. Like I learned a couple things. So every time I fail, I, I know how to pull one off. Like in other words, I'm, I'm saying my sure. marriage it needs tons of work. Right, but same. hunting, archery, do-it-yourself, public land, like on any given day, like 5%. Is, is like the highest probability, right? But you just think about your world and how we can manufacture worlds that um, fuel our, quote, success. success so an example out there, um, eight days of, of beautiful country, lots of elk rutting and um, opportunities. I called in some bulls and, uh, and I didn't fling an arrow. And um, I could have. And every opportunity I could have flung an arrow would have been marginal, mm. would have been, let me say, unethical. Yeah. And let me also say, would have been an, a like-kind experience to something I done in the past and flung an arrow. Mm. Not all the time, but I have had instances in my life where I regret a shot that was a push. It was too far. It was really not enough light. There was, uh, you know, a twig in the way. And I just tried to say, well, I can, I can get around that. And, um, what God had in my initiation as a hunter was practicing the masculine, um, reality of discretion, right? Better as a patient man than a warrior, a man who rules over his spirit better than a man who sacks a, a city, yeah. like that harness strength. And um, the Hebrew word is anach, and it's like a, a, a horse under rain. So mm. back to desire fulfillment, yeah. like we get desire, it's often from God, but we don't become the kind of person that can steward that. So I have stories in my hunting, which was all like my walk with God, my initiation as a man. I knew nothing about hunting when I became a young man. No one fathered me in that in my earlier childhood. And so it's the desire to put meat in my freezer, to adventure with men, to learn new country that gets me out in weather. And I mean, it was brutal weather and 14 hour drive there and back. My son had mono. I had to bail halfway, come back again. And the fulfillment of the physical thing is down the road. Mm -hmm. It took me 10 years on the 10th day of my hunt to harvest my first bull with my bow, 10 years. Like that's good for a man's soul. Yes. So I just want to name for you mm -hmm. as you're navigating, uh, becoming the kind of man that God can entrust with many and much, honor desire, fuel desire, 
celebrate desire, don't minimize desire, but ask the second question, mm -hmm. God, how would this be the fuel for me to do the impossible things? Do the things that I, I wanna, I'm reluctant mm -hmm. to do. And what is your timeline on all of it? And it really changes it um, then from the storyline of most men like Zorro fighting bravely and dying quickly. Quickly. So you're, just to make sure I have this right, the desire is good. Uh, honor that, but use that to fuel a process of um, whatever God's timeline is. It might be a very long, the desire fuels the hard work for a long time before actually some of the the next steps or the opportunities or the fruitfulness. Well, and right? Oswald Chambers uh, takes it a step further, which just blows my mind. Um, it was crazy. He died in his mid 40s. He was not an old man. And when I read his writing, I feel like, man, what is the secret? Like, he, he, nothing was wasted in that man's life. He was an apprentice to the core. That intrigues me. Yeah. But he says, the process is the point. Hmm. That actually, when we rush the process, what we do is just hijack the thing that God's doing. And so it comes back again because our father is generous and reluctant. The Holy Spirit is faithful to guide and redeem everything for good. So like, even if it goes completely sideways, not all is lost. It'll come back again. But as we grow in kingdom authority and kingdom, just reality of what and who we're entrusted with, the consequences are much higher. Yeah. And so what I would say is I'm learning to receive the reality that outcomes are less and less valuable mm. and rushing the process actually makes it much more difficult because the process is in the, the process is the point. the point and what we end up at the end of our life giving to God is us. Yeah. You think about that, Jeff, like we will live forever. Yeah. We, we, are, we are a soul, like Dallas Willard says, like we're not really a person, we're a soul. Um, and that soul lives forever. And what we bring to God is who we've become and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what if, I guess that would be my question back. What if the process was the point? Yeah. It, it blows the mind of a Western um, thinking of the individual man, the accomplishment, the achievement, sure. right? Build the resume. Um, it, it just, it's pretty upending. Yeah. I, I love that you caught me in already talking about the process, but jumping to, and then that comes later. Mm -hmm. And you're like, nope, let's just keep the focus right there. The process it is. is the point. And that does kind of jump in my heart back to part of our conversation two years ago, two and a half years ago was your wife is Sherry, yes. right? Yeah. So is it 20 years now? How long? Mary? 22. 22. And I'm glad she's not here to verify that because I'm usually <laughs> off by one or two years, well, we'll see but at least 22. Married December 16, 2000. Do there the math. Go. Yeah. Do the own math. <laughs> so you, um, you told, you, you spoke about her being the chief life officer yes. in our last conversation. And at one point, I think I have this quote right, there was a feeling that she felt like or said, I feel like a bird locked in a cage mm. and I can't fly. Mm. And this was not right in that moment of time, but it was in the past. That was a, 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 a valley mm -hmm. you guys walked through. My 
the reason I draw back to that moment is I've spent the last two weeks, I believe it was over the last two weeks, part one and part two of the land I'm living in podcast series with um, Become Good Soil podcast and our friends, Jonathan David and Melissa Helzer. Um, Their ministry is called Cageless Birds. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious in this moment of time, thinking back to your wife and feeling caged and then knowing that story that they shared with you, which I hope that everyone listening right now goes back and listens to this four-part series that you just are releasing. Um, But the idea of flying and getting like the cage and becoming the cage and and what you saw with your wife flourishing in a season of like pressing into that yeah. and then even what God's doing in your heart today and what he's showing you does any any just current state reflections around um being cage free and flying and uh and not staying trapped yeah it was funny I was just editing episode three of that become good soil podcast yesterday and Jonathan tells this great story that I was grabbing this quote from because it just so moved me of this um, caged eagle lived in a zoo for decades and they were going to set it free. And it was a true story down in South America and they had this big ceremony and they opened the cage in this wild preservation and the bird doesn't fly. And they wait for a few minutes and it's a little awkward and minutes turn into hours and it doesn't fly. And what Jonathan said was they realized at that moment, the bird wasn't in the cage, the cage was in the bird. And so even when the door was opened, he had had lost the belief, I'm an eagle and eagles fly. And and I get choked up thinking about because what's so moving in the story is a wild bald eagle went across and called out. And then this bird flew. And so like freedom begets freedom. Life begets life. Repentance begets repentance. And the reason why I share that story, um, that was my story with Sherry at the time. She she was a caged bird and I didn't know. And she had the courage to share that in a marriage um, counseling session. But what I'm grateful now I'm I'm a decade or more past that counseling session. And what's so beautiful is I want to say this gospel works. Like we're not who we'll be one day, but we're not where we were. Like I, I have joyfully surrendered the Trump card and there's no, um, strong arming in our marriage anymore. There is, there is mutual curiosity. I mean, and I say that phrase very particularly, mm-hmm. it's like, we want to know what God's doing. We're going through some really tough things with our kids right now. And I think back when we did that interview and I was lamenting on what it was like years ago, I think I would have stepped into that mode of, I'm the leader, I'm going to come through, I'm going to make it happen. And my intensity would have been in the service of a really uninitiated boy in the name of God. And that's where this thing gets tricky. I would have thought I was doing good and being a good man, but if you would ask me, how am I feeling inside? It wasn't peace. It wasn't confidence. Mm -hmm. It wasn't well-being. It was scramble. It was behind. It was react, fear, control. And now we're going through some things and it's sad. It breaks our hearts. But our primary posture is curious consent. God, what are you doing? 
for our children? How do we participate in your mm -hmm. initiation? Sherry, what are you discerning? What am I discerning? Like, how do we bring both of us to this equation? So it's really back to the story of the eagle calling out to the eagle. What we found is more of the heart of God saying like, I got this, right? To, to come into a God that, transform us, that transforms us to become the kind of person that can say, I have enough, I am enough, and God, you are more than enough. Because if it's just these circumstances, we're screwed. Like, and I don't know what to do, and I'm angry, and I'm sad, and I'm confused, but when I come back to the Father and rest in that place, Eugene Peterson says, God is the country in which I live. When I know and I've practiced Christ is in me and I am in the Father, I have enough, I am enough, God, you are more than enough, then there really is a, a union mm -hmm. that we can sabotage things that look really good that aren't from God yeah. and say, nope. We, we just want God. And, and there's plenty of rooms to make mistakes in that, in that way of living. Mm -hmm. What have been for you some of the moments or the voices that have been the eagle's cry, the eagle soaring over? You know, we talked earlier about many, um, some of the fathers have passed away and are in heaven now. Um, but uh, do you have any either moments or um, people that have caused you to realize, oh, freedom does beget freedom. Like I can step into more soaring. I'm living with some of that cage within me. Any Anything come to mind that's a, a signal to you to fly? Yeah, it's a great question. I think one thing um, that I was deeply in the early 30s that I've returned to a lot over the last 12 months is immersing myself in the stories of wiser, older men. I remember I got... Uh, um, what is it called? It's Ronald Reagan, um, An American Life, I think. It was his biography. And, and I'm not particularly passionate. I'm, I'm not passionate about politics. I engage mm -hmm. to the degree in which it's important to be a citizen. But um, I read his biography and I was deeply moved. Mm -hmm. And what I was deeply moved about was masculinity, yes. was the path and process of initiation. I didn't even have words for all of it, but to see a man over decades and recently... I've been living, saturating myself in burning in my bones, Eugene Peterson's uh, biography. And what's fascinating, his son wrote the introduction, who also is a pastor, who they had a bumpy story. And what's so beautiful is the biography is chronological. And so in, I don't know, 10 chapters, you just get this curated and distilled um, gold of God's process with a man. I'm now in Dallas Willard's biography. I, I think it was Gary Moon that writes it, Becoming Dallas Willard. And, uh, and you know, it's not particularly intoxicating writing, mm. but his life is intoxicating. He was a roofer. He was a roofer. And he was a day labor guy. He got C's and D's in a lot of classes in college. Dallas Willard, smartest man I've ever met because he was doing day labor on farms, like abject poverty, abandoned by his father, abandoned by his mother, excuse me, like brutal. And it's beautiful to get into his 20s and his 30s and his 40s because 
the Dallas I met was in his 60s, right? So I would say old, wise guides has been really helpful. And then one other point I think it's important, especially like in the context of Dad Awesome, is, you know, Dallas would say, if you want to find God, his address is at the end of your rope. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get to the edge. I just love it. I love it. And I love parenting. It's what you and I share in common. It is our passion, right? I love the initiation of a young woman and a man into full maturity. It's what I live, breathe, eat, sweat, like think about all day. Um, I'm dreaming of offering this God Love Sex class for seniors oh, that I've wanted to do for 20 amazing. years. Okay. And now I have a kid that's a senior. And um, Seniors in high school. Yes. Yeah, wow. and, and, uh, and Sherry's a little reluctant. So we'll see where that goes. But mm. um, I, I, I just love it. So with my second child, who happens to be a daughter, um, I, I kind of put forward my best dreams for her life in my practical shepherding her heart. And a ton of stuff backfired. Mm-hmm. And you ask, what is the call of the eagle? I remember the day that I'm sitting on the couch and my daughter's telling me every way that I've blown it. Mm-hmm. And um, like, Jeff, I can't believe this conversation's happening. Here's the thing that I most value mm-hmm. and apparently I most suck at and in some ways it's my life's work. And it was a moment of such, um, I'd call it humiliation, but it was actually humility because I just went, wow, what do we have here? I didn't go to shame. Curiosity. I, I went to curiosity and I realized, okay, God, I, I need you. I need you to show me what you're doing. And what, re- what was revealed over time is there was actually a lot of dreams I had for my daughter that I thought were gods that had to die. A lot of that was my uninitiated places in the way in order that through all that death, I could come open-handed to God as it related to parenting these children in this story and come with genuine curiosity to say, Father, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? What's my role? Where am I in the way? And it would be one thing if it was just like my brokenness and my sin as far as like this like needing to use her for my validation. But a lot of it was actually what I thought was good for her. And I was off. I was missing the mark. And so it's both the mentors and those men beckoning me to the ancient path. And it's also my pain. Yeah, it's the moments. It's the moments of pain where I just go, this is this is the this is the on ramp. Wow. I The moments of, I lead a ministry called Dad Awesome, Mm. and I feel like I'm a complete failure on the fatherhood side are um, way more often than what most people would think. Absolutely. So your your story is, um, 
a gift to me. Yeah. You, you saying that it happened, that you walked it. Um, the eagle cry of a reminder of who I am, who God's created me to be, to take the jump, to, to, to soar, to fly, to get out of the cage. Um, you have been that eagle cry for mm. me, Morgan. Mm. Um, six months after, after my dad passed away, I read your book twice that summer. And, uh, and it was shortly after we had our last chat two awesome. and a half years ago. So I couldn't tell you this then, but I can tell you this now, that your book, uh, Becoming a King, has so strongly been an eagle cry of, I like, this is my story. It's, it's what it's done is it's unfolded my own story. Like, it's not just, it's not just I've read your story, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's, oh my goodness, look at all the areas of my story that God still wants to father mm -hmm. me through. And uh, I have several friends, actually multiple of them were, um, two of them were praying for me on the whole drive down here, knowing they sent me questions to ask you. That's These so friends, good. It's interesting though, your friendship goes deeper when you know someone else has been impacted in a similar way yes. by the same person. And you're that person for the, this group of friends mm. that your book has been a multiple read for these other guys, mm. Andrew, Kelsey, Pete, Skip, these guys. Um, it's been an eagle cry that's changed the trajectory of our life. Wow. And I have told multiple people, um, I've told small groups of, of, of dads, I've said, what if God has created Dad Awesome and he's given me a voice to now almost five years of a podcast to plant some seeds or even maybe it's not even seeds I'm planting. I get to water a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and the next step down the somewhere is, is Morgan's book, Becoming mm -hmm. a King mm -hmm. <laughs> or your podcast. Uh, I wonder sometimes, and I'm just so grateful. Anytime I discover a treasure like that, that's yeah. part of the chain. I'm just like, God, I hope everyone that I get to touch just goes to the next step. Um, so you've been that for me, but you've also been that for a lot of others. Mm. And I wanted to say thank you. Thanks, Jeff. I, I, I received that and I'm, I'm really, um, I'm humbled and honored. And, and here's particularly why is like part of, you, you mentioned identity, like early in this process of initiation for me, God began kind of speaking my name to me before I even understood the theology behind that. And it was fascinating. And, and one of the pieces was, he he said, I would be a man who has the privilege of shaping and being shaped by men mm -hmm. who are shaping God's kingdom. And so I have the privilege of investing in leaders of leaders. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea how you would do that, but that was part of the desire fulfillment mm -hmm. where that was the beginning. I thought he was launching me. What I didn't know was he was saying, buddy, don't forget this because when you're eating a shit sandwich again and again and again, <laughs> yeah. the only thing you'll be able to ask is, would you like fries with that, right? Every good man eats a lot of them. You have to go down right. to go up. You have to do the slow instead. You have to do the work of dismantling mm -hmm. and, and being aware of all the broken parts within us that are uninitiated and, and lacking maturity and in union with God. And so that was the fuel. And so Jeff, to to know like you are one of those rare men on the earth at, at a post, mm -hmm. uh, being entrusted with a kingdom. And I believe that this podcast, like a lot of these listeners are intended to be men and the women that support them at these posts to recover everything that God meant when he meant masculinity. And those posts are very different. That's what I love is so many of them are, are communities and schools and businesses and politics and, and very few churches and some nonprofits and some for-profits, but all of them. It, there's this like-hearted fellowship of kings around the globe that are maturing. Mm -hmm. 
that are at their post and there's this awesome um, reciprocity that's happening. And so I'm just, yeah, I'm so encouraged. And I think a question I'd have back to you on that, Jeff, is like, where do you feel like are the, the greatest risks for you? Like the pitfalls, the, oh, wow, this, this, or not even the greatest, but maybe a few that stand out that you go, this is precarious. Cause you even mentioned, right? Like there's the public Jeff and there's the, the story people tell themselves about you, mm-hmm. especially as a parent. Sure. And then there's your real life, like, and the danger in a public role is a sort of duplicity where sure. we're offering something that we're not living. Sure. And so I would, I'd just be curious in, in some authenticity of like, do you see some potential pitfalls that you go, um, Jesus is inviting me to be, to be vigilant yeah. about that category. For sure. For sure. And this is, uh, this is all, this is very fresh, but it's also a constant over these almost five years of leading dead awesome. And it's, um, the, the rhythms of opportunities and, um, real responsibilities Mm -hmm. and navigating how to, what am I saying yes to when a series of opportunities all we've been praying for and they've all become, oh, look at this. Yes. Stacked with yes, stacked with yes. And then there's the real treasures, which are my four daughters, my wife, Mm. and we're right now living in an RV and God has nudged us to travel in the RV uh, to homeschool as a couple, not as Michelle's homeschooling, yes. but we're homeschooling as a couple and feeling the, look at these invitations. How, how do I, I say yes, and then keep my yes, um, or say no and be joyful in, I've chosen a better yes. yes. And, uh, it's been real, um, it's been a real challenge, especially these last couple of weeks um, here. In, we were in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, we have this stream right behind uh, our RV, a beautiful spot. Um, but there's been some real ups and downs yeah. moments where um, we're seeing, a, we're doing marriage counseling mm-hmm. through Zooms. We just had yesterday uh, a session that was like, this is really hard, the things my wife shared. Um, and it's interesting that you brought up mm. uh, Sherry in a marriage counseling uh, 10 plus years ago, because the things she shared made me feel right in that place of, um, this is dad awful and mm. husband awful, not mm. dad awesome, not mm. husband awesome. <laughs> it made mm. me feel that way. But we did, through the course of that hour meeting, we drew closer. And I, 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 I didn't feel like a failure at the end of the call. It's great. Um, Way to go. But we Jeff. went there. We went into yeah. some, um, this is hard work and, and, Shortly after that, we went into the stream and I've been stacking, I think they're called Curins, the stacks of Mm -hmm. rocks. And my daughter's all stacked their age behind our RV. And I went back and I stacked, I tried to stack my age. (laughs) But what happens when you try to stack 40 rocks is it fell over multiple times. Yes. And the reason I'm taking this to uh, this story versus away from vulnerability for a moment is like I, my daughter saw me restack and it fall and restack. And my wife was actually in the back window of the RV and she said she was laughing out loud oh my watching gosh. it. So she, would, she experienced joy. I actually experienced like, what is the right order and what level of tippy is okay as you go higher? Yeah. I got to 23. I never got to my age. But it was a moment of, I want so badly to make sure the right rocks, the foundation work is yeah. right. And uh, I, like daddy-daughter dates, um, was very consistent Mm -hmm. before we were on the road Mm -hmm. in the RV. And we traveled six months last year. We're traveling nine months this year. 
feel so strongly this is a journey that God has lovingly invited us into and given us the grace and the resources to do. But some of those core rocks, one of them is brotherhood. It's like, I need strong friends that sit around a campfire in a consistent way. And in the RV, it's been deep brotherhood for moments. Yep. And then we leave and say goodbye to the front range and we head to San Diego for a moment. Yep. And it's a... It's been a real grieving process mm -hmm. to see some friends. Um, God sent me other friends that have really been a blessing in phone calls and and using Marco Polo and other tools. But the friend rock of my foundation has uh, really been a shaky mm -hmm. rock in this season of the last two years, and uh, and that's been that's been hard. It's been hard for our marriage. It's been hard for my girls. I mentioned the daddy daughter dates. That's been a rock that was real consistent when we were at home mm -hmm. in a neighborhood with rhythms. In the RV, it's been a lot harder. Yeah. And so some things that I just am like, this is so strongly, this is the way of being dad awesome, um, is, is dating your wife. It's hard to find a babysitter when you're traveling from city to city yep. that you can trust with your four daughters. So dating looks different. Friends look different. Uh, dating your daughters has looked different. Mm -hmm. um, rhythms of uh, just the household and space and time alone looks different. So in some ways, uh, there's a bunch of areas that yeah. feel shaky, but... They're shaky in that a uh, huge family value of ours is together. Like we're closeness as a family. And that one's really strong. Hearing the voice of God and touching every time my hand brushes past my knife mm. in my pocket, it, it means my heavenly father is still fathering me. Yes. So I feel very close to my heavenly father. I feel very close to my family. Um, but there's some other pieces that are like, man, it's really hard right now. And, uh, and I, I do feel like we're pressing into those hard and uh, and not like shaky, it's all gonna come crashing mm -hmm. down, but like, no, it's 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 hard. What I love about what I hear you saying is you and Michelle still went after the counseling, right? right. You didn't say, okay, right. well, we're on the road, we're doing a lot of life together, we'll just get to that to later. You're blessing the portion, mm -hmm. and I can't imagine with four girls <laughs> in an RV how you even pull off counseling. And also, what I appreciate and what you just articulated is the values remain the same, right? We understand these values of um, dating our wife, of intimate time with our kids one-on-one, -on -one, with genuine, authentic brotherhood that is a fuel. And yet, every season, how we live those out, um, it can be dramatically different. And we, and the, and the, the importance of pausing and resetting and saying, Jesus, what does that look like now? Like, um, you know, dating my wife as an example, like we, we did that pretty consistent. Well, first of all, before kids, like it was natural. It was like, let's go. That's what we did. Right. <laughs> we didn't have to be told to go have fun. And then the kids come and it's a swirl. And then we realize, like, where, where did that go? And, but now that they're teenagers, we just put a stake in the ground and said, you know, they don't want to be with us on Saturday night. And so now all of a sudden Saturday night was a family night. And now it's back to joy night started last January. And we said, now the ground rules are, it's only fun. We don't talk about anything important, whether it's tough yeah. or, um, like, just interesting and necessary. Like if it's important, we don't go there. We're just choosing joy because the rest of our life is tending to all the unfinished, tending to the growth, like going through counseling, doing hard things, 
but we need joy. Yeah. And and it's it's been an absolute refreshing shift that we couldn't have done. Mm-hmm. That sort of we we weren't ready. Our kids weren't in that stage. But the idea is we're constantly for us. It's semester by semester, beginning of summer, and then each semester to say where are we now? Because our kids are changing dramatically. So I just love that you're naming mm-hmm. categories of concern, mm-hmm. and specifically Holy Spirit. How do we? Um, address those in this moment of our life because you're in a very unique place that's not a one-size-fits-all. Right, and the posture is shared. My wife and I hold this posture of God has gifted us this RV. I mean, we paid for it, but he gifted it to us. Uh, He led us to the exact one uh, in like five days. And uh, the posture is, if this this isn't a nine-month trip, then God is good. And if it is a nine-month trip, then God is good. Friends, we're pausing here in our conversation that will be a two-part podcast series. But if you're enjoying hearing some of the passion that Jeff carries of intentional fathering and the idea to end fatherlessness around the globe, you can find their resources at dadawesome.org. And in the meantime, as we come to a close for this episode, I want to invite you to pause as we do on every podcast. We're going to pause for 90 seconds and linger. Holy Spirit, what's coming up for me? What's being prodded? What's being raised? What is it that you're inviting me to give attention to? And how is it that you want to speak to me in this place? Friends, we'll conclude with 90 seconds of silence as we linger in this place. And until then, I'll see you on another episode of a Become Good Soil podcast. Let's linger.